Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. League of Wildness, Wildman Dan here, and welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. This is a video cast going now, so we've got the audio version and the video as well. So check us out on YouTube. Please subscribe to the Wild Gym channel, and we'll keep cranking these things out. This episode is a reflection on a blog post I wrote recently. It was the standard versus the wildlife. And this was inspired by an article I had read by a local blogger named Mr. Money Mustache. His real name's Pete. He lives like 20 minutes up the road. And I actually, I used to have an office space at what's called Mr. Money Money. What is it? Mr. Money Mustache World Headquarters, which is in Longmont, Colorado. I had a space there a few years back and within like, gosh, it was probably within five minutes of meeting Pete. We were out in the backyard. This was like in January, by the way. We're out in the backyard in the snow doing deadlifts, doing pull-ups on monkey bars. So uh, he's definitely a wild man. But Pete had been diving in deep to the content of another wild man who is Dr. Andrew Huberman, who's a Stanford professor. He has a lab there. He's He's really a neuroscientist, but he's been putting out a lot of content regarding to just stress, health, longevity, all these different things. Really well-spoken, very knowledgeable. I really enjoy his content, and I would encourage you to check out his YouTube channel as well. You'd, I'll, uh, I'll definitely link that in the show notes. But So Mr. Money Mustache Pete had been diving in deep to Huberman's content and He created this lifestyle chart, which I really liked and wanted to share with the League of Wildness. So I'm just going to kind of read through that. And then I kind of riffed on that a little bit and made a a version of our own. So basically this chart that Mr. Money Mustache made was the default lifestyle versus the science lifestyle. And before I dive into this, I just, I want to just kind of prep this a little bit more, but I really think I think it'd be safe to say that there is a bit of a health crisis going on right now. And I think it's essentially, it's a self-inflicted situation. And I think when we go through these charts, it's, it'll become very clear why, you know, it's really, it's these lifestyle habits that are not setting the majority of us up for success. And I'm not, I'm just as guilty as anyone else. I'm not trying to um, put myself on any, up on any sort of pedestal, anything like that. But man, it's like, it's, uh, it becomes blatantly clear kind of why we see a lot of these lifestyle diseases. And what, what's kind of struck me reading these charts is, you know, I would consider, I, I haven't necessarily taken like a traditional path post-college. So I, I went to a good school, played Division One sports, but then after that, I basically worked seasonally. I was a wilderness ranger, I was a wildland firefighter. I was kind of doing like my own thing that was not super consistent with a lot of my teammates, a lot of my classmates, but reading these principles, I was like, man, these are a lot of these I've kind of just developed from my own intuition. And I think a big part of that was the environment I was in. So particularly when I was a wilderness stranger, when I was a firefighter, it's like, I didn't have cable. I didn't have TV. I didn't even have cell service actually most of the time. I don't, I don't have a, I did not get my first iPhone, I believe until maybe 2015, 2016. So definitely later to the game on that. But 
the point I'm trying to make is the, the environment that I was in, it made it really easy in a way, really, to kind of tilt more toward the uh, what Mr. Money Mustache calls the science lifestyle and what we'll call the wild lifestyle. And I wrote this in this article, but I basically was weird and not much has changed. So I was, I was in this kind of echo chamber of other weirdos that were all kind of living outside in the wilderness with our sole focus was to spend time in the outdoors and be active. You know, those were, those were the values that I really centered my life around. And, uh, what's funny is I, I think in hindsight, now I've been, I feel like I've almost lost, I, I forgot what those values were and it's taken a little bit of work to essentially remember. It's kind of like that scene in Hook where uh, he has to, like they're trying to pretend, you know, they're trying to pretend they're having the food and he, they're trying to get Robin Williams, who's playing Peter Pan, to remember what it was like. So that's my, uh, <laughs> that's my analogy. But okay, diving into this chart. So the two lifestyles. So this is the Mr. Money Mustache version, and then I will go through the Wild Gym version. So the default, I'm going to read default lifestyle first and then science lifestyle. So we'll contrast each kind of segment. So default lifestyle, wake up with alarm clock, roll over, and immediately check phone. Science lifestyle, wake up naturally as your sleep cycle ends. Proceed directly outside into the natural light. Direct your vision upwards and also try to get sunlight on your skin if possible. So this first comparison here, just in recent times, I've been doing, I've been very intentional about this. My bedroom is essentially, our bedroom door is five feet from our front door. So I'll wake up in the morning, walk out the bedroom door, turn right, take two steps, open the front door, walk outside and we're facing east. And so I get direct sunlight first thing in the morning. I try and spend a minute or two out there. There's some open space I can look at, see if there's any local wildlife, what's going on. And then I try and just look as far and kind of as much distance variation in my vision. And again, talking back to that, my my kind of mid-20s lifestyle, like, you know, when you're a ranger, when you're a firefighter, you're just, you wake up in a tent half the time. So your only choice is to be outside. You know, so it was, the environmental thing is so so relevant and I could see like if you lived in an apartment or something in a big city and you know maybe your your windows face north or something so you just don't have access to light first thing in the morning it would be inconvenient to have to hop in the elevator hopefully you would choose to take the stairs of course you would it's the legal wildness you check you take the stairs down and then go I, I could see how that's inconvenient and that environment would be an obstacle okay next on the list is so this is kind of like going through a day so we just woke up so next is make this is the default lifestyle make coffee and a high carb high sugar breakfast like toast orange juice waffles flavor with yogurt etc science lifestyle go for a short walk or even run depending on your fitness level then return and have a light breakfast coffee or tea nuts and omelet if you're hungry it's another habit again in the wilderness firefighting it's like you get up eat and you're immediately moving I try and make this a habit as well myself where, you know, we have these trails right in our backyard, essentially. They're awesome. You have huge, it's, it's world-class views. I mean, you're looking right at the continental divide. So I try and get out there as much as possible. First thing in the morning, even if it's just for half mile, a mile, get the, get the beast out, the friendly beast, AKA our dog. And I just feel better. And then for me, breakfast is pretty much 
like I'll say 90% of the time, 95% of the time, even it's four to five eggs, a whole avocado, a little bit of butter, a little bit of salt, might put some cheese on depending if I'm feeling uh, saucy that day or not. And uh, that's pretty standard breakfast for me. Coffee, I'll alternate between decaf and regular. I probably do. It just depends on the week, but I'll just, let's say 50, 50, half the time, regular, half the time decaf. Okay. Next on the list. So we just had breakfast. So default lifestyle, scroll some Facebook slash Twitter on your phone and, or turn on the TV news to quote, stay informed science lifestyle. Grab your pen and a paper journal and write out your thoughts for the day. Things you're grateful for things you're excited about today and a list of top priorities for the day. So this is where I tended to maybe go towards the default lifestyle a little more, not necessarily with social media, but email, you know, it's like I would wake up in bed, grab my phone, check email. And it's like, I couldn't really do anything about it laying in bed. It's just, I was putting my mind in this reactive state and man, it's uh, I don't, I don't think that's a healthy thing, at least in the long term. As far as like the journaling, I, I've not, I'm, I'm a night journaler for sure. I just, I've never been a great morning journal. I'm not saying that's necessarily a good thing, but that's just me. But I do think I really like what he noted here is having a list of top priorities for the day. I find I'm essentially my own boss, so it's it can be challenging at times to do the work. There's like what seems urgent and important and urgent, not important. It's sometimes can be hard to filter signal from noise. So I think doing a practice like that would be super useful for me personally. And I suspect many of you as well. Okay. Next is get into your car. So default lifestyle, get into your car and drive to work. Science lifestyle, walk or bike to the office or settle into a dedicated space in your home to be in work. Man, this is where actually uh, I got to call myself out a little bit. But when I was a ranger, so depending on how things work, sometimes I was out in the wilderness for like a week at a time, eight days at a time. Other times I would do essentially day trips, but I would have to commute quote, commute on these like windy mountain roads from the barracks where I live to the ranger station, grab my truck and then drive from there. But that commute was like 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes. And granted, I was hiking all day, but still like I got to call myself out a little bit because that's the one thing I think with living in a more rural area is you do drive more. You know, you just you 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 don't necessarily have the option to walk to the store or walk to work. So that, that was one thing I'll call myself out on. Although I did ride my bike a few times and there was like this pack of dogs I would have to evade. Like I would be jamming down this hill really fast and it would kind of dip down in a creek bottom. You'd have to climb out. So you'd get, you'd get a good gap on this wolf pack essentially. And then as you're climbing out, you know, it's like, the uphill, you'd slow down and they'd start to gain and they would get close, but uh, they never got me. Okay, uh, moving on to, so I guess I'll take a step back real quick. I think, you know, the walker bike to work or, ha- or if you work from home, I've heard people that do work from home, they'll, they'll quote commute to their home office. So they'll, they'll do a loop around just to get outside, man. I, I've talked to so many people that, you know, it's like 11 noon, we will do a video call and I'll, I'll be talking about a challenge we're doing or getting outside or whatever. And they'll kind of look at me and say, 
you know, I haven't been outside yet today, kind of sheepishly. So get out, try and get outside first thing in the morning, create a commute for yourself. And, you know, maybe you can't walk or ride your bike to work every day, but could you do it one day a week, two days, three days a week, even if it's, even if it's, you know, takes an hour, like that's, that's a legit amount of exercise that you're kind of building into your day. So something to consider. Okay. Next, default lifestyle. Endure the usual frenzy of firefighting, distractions, and occasional entertainment as you try to get your job done. So that was default lifestyle. Science lifestyle. Turn off your phone and disable email for one to three hour periods while producing creative new stuff. Make sure your colleagues know this is how you operate. Come out of this focus mode for batch email responses and only and any meetings, then return for a second session in the afternoon. So... Default lifestyle, I for sure relate to this. There's just, there's so many things to do. It's like, you kind of, I don't want to say have to, but you feel, you feel like you have to be in this like firefighting frenzied mode, you know, which I was talking to someone yesterday and I was saying there's probably most, probably let's just say 80%, 80% of the things that I think are important are probably inconsequential at best there's just so many things you feel like are so urgent so important but all they're doing is distracting you from the real value creating work so i'm again i'm sure many of you listening to this can relate but it's just that there's there's like this force field that constantly wants to distract you and draw you away so I think the science lifestyle is a great anecdote to that. Turn off your phone, disable it. Like again, it's it's really creating an environment where you can be in this focused, whoa, be in this focused state. So something to consider. Okay. Next on the default lifestyle, drive through heavy suburban traffic to a restaurant for lunch, eat some processed fruit foods and a soft drink and or beer. Science lifestyle, go for a walk at lunch, then eat a giant salad with optional added protein sources. protein is not optional mandatory this is a so i used to run a gym for a very large large corporation up the road here and it was an interesting glimpse into kind of corporate america and just how most people live their lives you're inside it's these it's fluorescent lighting which we can do a separate podcast on all that there's always that sheet cake. Where, who, who's bringing these sheet cakes? I, I, it's crazy. There's always the sheet cake in the coffee room. But specific to this default lifestyle point of the eating out, like I just, it was people would get takeout, get delivery. And it was always, it's kind of that fast casual where it almost, it, it has this like illusion of being healthy, I think. But, you know, there's all this sneaky stuff in there. Me personally, again, like when you're in the wilderness or firefighting, even if we were just doing project work, which would mean we're not like living in the wilderness during that particular time, you know, I would brown bag it. I I brought my lunch 99.9% of the days I would bring my lunch. And that's just, I didn't really consider any other way to do it. I just, I've never felt good eating that big, heavy, kind of like fast, casual lunch. It just, I just feel gross the rest of the afternoon, especially if it's like that super processed food. You guys know what I'm talking about. 
but like the salad with protein, yogurt with maybe some granola and fruit. Other times what I'll do is we'll have leftover dinner. I'll just go down the refrigerator, grab some chicken, grab some steak, whatever. Maybe dip that in a little barbecue sauce, have an apple. You know, it's, uh, I feel good. Like I can, I can eat that. I can, I don't feel like sluggish. I can crank out a little work. I can do a workout afterwards and it doesn't slow me down. But man, I, uh, just the big heavy lunch never worked well for me personally. And I suspect if, if we examined kind of how that was serving ourselves as well, you might see something different there yourself. Okay. The default lifestyle next on the list is finish work and drive home, flip on the TV and DoorDash something for dinner. Science lifestyle, finish work and walk home. Stop by the gym. Uh, oh, stop at the gym. This could be as little as six sets of lifts, lifts with under two minutes of rest between the sets. I love how he's talking about, like, if you're really focused and intentional, you can get a really high return on not a lot of time, especially with, like, focused strength training. And I, I would say any sort of exercise, whether that would be walking, running, bodyweight training, etc., you don't need to do a 60-minute block. You can get a ton of value from like 10 to 20 minutes seriously so something is always better than nothing especially with fitness and the science point so this is actually something i've struggled with a little bit because it's kind of a pre-kids it's pre-kids post-kids contrast and like pre-kids you know i'd finish the work day hop on my bike go for a run there's such good outdoor access here in Colorado. It's like I could be climbing essentially world-class climbing routes, be on world-class trails, you know, within 10 to 30 minutes of town. And that that's by bike and or car. So that was, I'm just super lucky to have that so close. But I guess from like a more meta level, it was just, for me, what really helped kind of calm me down after the day was just physical activity. And that's something I have less of an opportunity to do now because I work from home. I have two young kids. I'll still work out in the afternoon, but I'm not able to get, I think it, I think the type of exercise that really helped me kind of, again, just come back down to earth a little bit, just calm down from the workday was just, was like steady state outdoor, whether that be hiking, biking, trail running, climbing, where you're you're more in this consistent movement phase versus like lifting weights. Not to say lifting weights aren't great and awesome to do after your workday, but for me, just that outdoor movement just seemed to have more of a calming effect. So something to experiment. If you have the option, experiment, see what works for you. Or maybe it doesn't, it could be, you could alternate days. You know, Monday, maybe you do some, some body weight training. If you have maybe a new dash, pocket monkey, whatever you have lift weights, kettlebells, dumbbells, and then Tuesday, Thursday can be like your outdoor day or vice versa. So something to consider. Okay, next on the list, default lifestyle. Have a beer or wine with dinner, which may turn into a second if it's tasting good. Vendors on weekends, exclamation mark. Science lifestyle, avoid casual alcohol consumption. If you do enjoy the drug, save it for true special occasions. A maximum two to three drinks over the course of a week. Alcohol. I um, I always kind of had this like 
school night approach to drinking. And this is, this was during college. This was after college in my twenties. This was now like, I just, I've never been like the get home from work, crack the beer. That's just never been like my norm. Not to say on occasion, I won't do that. You know, if we have a, my wife and I have a date night during the week, for sure. I'll enjoy some wine, have a beer, whatever. But it's, it's never, I've never been like that, nor did I really understand, I guess, the get home, crack the beer. Like I didn't, I felt like, you know, I'd go, oftentimes I was coming back from a run, a workout, something that was really kind of health, healthful, health building. And then to me, cracking the beer, having the drink after that just didn't seem to line up uh, in the same kind of congruent way. So that, that's me. I've noticed as well, alcohol as I've gotten older, it's just, it does have a much more lingering effect. It just, um, you know, you cross a certain threshold and it's like, I just don't feel good the next day. It's like physically and psychologically as well. So I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't encourage anyone to drink anymore. And probably we could all tone it down a little bit if we took a real examined look. Okay. Next, here we go, is head back to the couch to finish off, excuse me, head back to the couch to finish off the day with some favorite shows or relax with the phone or laptop to finish off the night with some Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, or whatever else strikes your fancy. So that's our default lifestyle. And then on the science lifestyle, we've got all devices are off by after about 7.30 p.m. except for things you plan on purpose- Oh, except for things you plan for purposefully. So like a family movie night, date night, etc. This will open up an incredible void, which you'll suddenly find yourself filling with catching up on personal development, taking care of the house, setting yourself up for tomorrow, reading, meditating, listening to podcasts and journaling. And you'll get tired and fall asleep much easier, allowing you to begin the cycle anew tomorrow without the need for an alarm clock. Kind of relating this back to that time in the wild, you know, sun goes down. It's like, maybe you have a campfire, maybe not, but there wasn't a lot of distractions. So it was pretty easy to go to bed and you really got into a very rhythmic circadian rhythm. And that was really directed by just being outside all the time. What I've noticed now, default lifestyle versus science lifestyle is it's, to me, it's, it's work. It's like things that wind me up. Um, which tends to be more work things. So I try to avoid working specifically later in the day. You know, watching like a Netflix show. I I think the problem is more so staying up too late versus actually watching the show. Certainly there, there might be a blue light issue, but aside from that, I think the real insidiousness of Netflix is, man, that autoplay where it just gets you sucked in. That to me has been the biggest detriment personally, whereas as long as I'm disciplined, it's like, it's pretty easy to watch a show. And it's, this isn't something we do often, but when we do get into a series, you know, we're pretty disciplined about turning it off and getting to bed. One thing I do do very, pretty much every night is I read and I read on my phone. I turn on night mode and I'm using Kindle. So it's, it's like the black background with the white text. That seems to work really well. It doesn't seem to affect my sleep. And oftentimes, <laughs> I, I shouldn't say often, but 
at least a few times a week, I'll kind of fall asleep holding my phone and like smack myself in the face with it. So it works quite well. And I, I tend to sleep through the night. What, what does tend to get to me, and I actually want to do a whole separate podcast on this, is when there's stress, especially when it's work-related, financial type things, I'll tend to wake up between two and three in the morning and just the wheels are just flying in my head and it's really difficult to get back to sleep and it's, it's really a horrible cycle, but I kind of want to do a separate episode just on that. Okay. So then the summary of the default lifestyle versus the science lifestyle, he's talking about general principles. So this is for the default lifestyle throughout your days, seek comfort and convenience Keep your air conditioning set at 72 in summer, your heat at 70 in winter, and avoid exposure to heat, cool, discomfort, hardship, or exertion whenever possible. Focus on your limitations and the fact that the outside world is at fault for where you are in life. It's kind of that victim mentality. Okay, science lifestyle, general principle, general principles. Find ways to seek voluntary hardship rather than avoiding it. Challenge your limits by walk by yes by walking in hot and cold weather, enduring a hot sauna, pools or lakes or streams of very cold water, and always identifying and stretching your limits in all dimensions. It's kind of like the misogi concept we talk about a lot. And the last point he makes is focus on learning. Every problem in life is really just a sign that you have more to learn. Obstacles the way. So I really I love this. I love this chart. And I do notice like there's there's almost like a prestige in some circles of like the more convenient and the less physical activity you have in your life, the more kind of successful you are. The less you have to do yourself, the more successful you are, which, man, I just, like even we go to like, you know, a nice hotel or out to a nice dinner, which is a pretty rare occurrence. I just, I don't like that being like overly catered to. I just don't like it. So that's me. Okay. And then if we go to standard versus wild lifestyle, you know, I think I'm just going to go through the wild because the standard is more or less what Mr. Money Mustache had. I I kind of took the wild. I, I took a little bit different perspective on it. So I'll go through these and then, um, We'll rock and roll with the rest of our our day. So the wild lifestyle. So I started actually at nighttime. So I said, go to bed at a consistent, reasonable hour. Turn off devices one to two hours before bed and no phone in the bedroom. For me, it's just, man, you make your environment. The better you make your environment, the better you're going to behave ultimately. And think just little things like not, if your phone is not in the bedroom, you're not going to be on your phone. Okay. Wild lifestyle, wake up naturally and immediately go outside to receive natural sunlight and then immediately start taking action, go for a walk and or do a light morning workout. I've, I've kind of had this evolution. So I'm recording this podcast in May of 20, it's May 16th, actually 2023 during the winter when it's darker, when the days are shorter, when it's darker, typically my routine was more, I'd wake up and do yoga in the morning turn on the fireplace, do yoga in front of the fireplace, and it's still dark out. Now the sun's up. I want to get outside. So I'm less inclined to stay indoors. I really, my intention is to really get outside as early as fast as possible. And 
I mentioned how my bedroom door was close to the front door. During the winter, that's a little bit different scenario because oftentimes I'm up and it's still dark. So my the first thing I do is not necessarily go outside. It'll be to do this kind of mobility yoga flow. And then once the sun starts to come up, I'll try and get outside. And I really do think that helps with sleep and circadian rhythm. Okay, wildlife style. Drink casual morning coffee slash tea outside while sitting in a deep squat while taking in the morning sunlight. That's our squaffy and squat tea ritual. And that's I love doing that, especially, again, we get this almost perfect east light in the morning. So one of my favorite things is there's just those warm summer mornings. Make a cup of coffee, go out on the front porch. Just It's just a great way to start the day. You just feel you just feel good. You feel wild. Okay, next, wild lifestyle. Walk or ride your bike to work. If commuting by car is necessary, listening to an engaging podcast. You know, I do I, I do enjoy the times where, you know, for me, now it's typically if I'm driving up to the mountains to go for a run or something. I'm just not in the car that often, but I do enjoy that time to just absorb a podcast. I, I like it. You're, you're, I feel like I'm... Not just wasting my life sitting in this mechanical wheelchair, which is a Mr. Money Mustache term. Okay, wild lifestyle. Take laptop outside and focus on one thing. Say no to almost everything to focus on the one to three most important tasks and or projects. Work on just one thing at a time. There's the difference between if you can do something and if you should do something. Just because you can do something does not mean you should do something. And just because you think you might be able to work on multiple things at the same time, I think it's just so much more effective and just better for your psyche to just have that, that singular focus. And it doesn't mean you can't work on multiple things in parallel. Meaning, like maybe in the morning you focus on task A. In the afternoon, you can focus on task B, take a break, and then focus on task C. The point is, you're not trying to do task A, B, and C all kind of simultaneously. I think that's super important. Okay, wildlife style. So go for multiple short walks and complete several micro micro workouts throughout the day. Eat a healthy homemade lunch. So going back to when I was running this gym for this large corporation, essentially that hour that people would spend in that gym, that was pretty much like their only hour of movement. So if you think about commuting to the office, sitting at your desk, commuting back home, there wasn't really much activity outside of that 60 minute session in the gym, which that's certainly better than nothing, but it's still, a, you could do the hardest, most wild, crazy workout you could think of for an hour, but you're still sitting for the other 23 hours, essentially. So that's still a sedentary lifestyle, which is, I didn't really recognize that and the gravity of that until really the last couple of years. So it's super important to consider, like, how much are you just moving throughout the day? Okay, wild lifestyle. So go for an afternoon hike, run, ruck, bike ride, along with a solid workout. This would be after work. Post-workout flexibility and and mobility sesh every single time. Disconnect from work. So I think what I would also hear when I worked at this large corporation was 
man, people like with newborn kids are up super late, like causing relationship problems because someone beyond the laptop responded to emails when their significant other wanted to just hang out and connect. You know, it's got to disconnect. You got to set, it's a boundaries thing too, I think, which I'm certainly not an expert on that or the best of that, but I do think it's important to recognize where those boundaries are and how they may or may not be negatively impacting your life. Okay. Make dinner yourself from real foods, casual dinner with family and no devices, TV, anything like that. Just unplugged, focus on eating, laughing, hanging out, just having a good time. For as far as making dinner yourself, I was having this conversation with my wife recently where I basically was just telling her, Hey, like, you know, I don't, I don't need to make like a really fancy dinner every night. Like even if we're making food, like I can just eat like, you know, some grilled chicken, a sweet potato and a salad or a steak, uh, some potatoes and a salad, vegetables, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be fancy. And I think if you're, if you think nutrition may be something you can improve upon, I think just simplifying your meals and focusing on whole real foods. It's like, if you're eating a sweet potato, a steak, a chicken breast, piece of fish, it's like, yeah, it's not the most exciting meal, but it also tastes pretty good. You put a little salt on it, maybe a little bit of butter. It's like, that's a good meal with a salad. You're going to feel better and you'll probably, if if you're trying to lose weight, that's eating meals like that are probably going to serve you better in the long run. It's, it's, it's a habit I think you're going to be able to maintain for, again, the long game. Okay, next I have casual beer or wine with dinner, but mostly no alcohol. I think I already touched on that enough. Wild lifestyle. Turn off your phone and devices two hours before bedtime. Go for a quick evening walk as the sun sets. That's something I so underrated, but I think it helps with digestion. It just kind of, again, helps get a little bit more not like not just activity, essentially. More activity in your day, a few more steps, and it just kind of completes the circle a day seeing the sunset being outside moving having a chat with your kids your spouse partner whoever it is you could even call a friend or a relative and then furthermore for our evening sesh you could stretch you could mobilize read journal play music play board games play outside until dark i mean when you were a kid that was what it was all about right okay and then this is kind of our getting into bed I like to use an Edison bulb or other non slash low blue light device to read before bed. I think that does like in our bathroom, it's these super bright, intense LEDs that are just like nuclear. Whereas I love that like soft glow of the Edison bulb. So something to consider for your bedroom specifically for lighting your bedroom. And then I just, I, if I'm going to read, I read using a Kindle in night mode. What I was doing and what I do do still, depending on the situation, is I'll use a headlamp, so like a camping headlamp with the red mode, red light. And if I have a physical book, I would use the red light to read on that. And that worked pretty well. Sometimes it might, if I'm trying to hold it with my hand, it might be too bright. It might be annoying my wife, so it doesn't always work. Okay, and in summary, our general principles for the wild lifestyle. So... <laughs> easy and convenient makes you weak purposely seek voluntary challenges 
Go outside as much as possible regardless of weather conditions. Consistently exercise and seek out ways to add more activity and movement into your life. Minimize ruminating on the future. Generally keep attention focused on the present. See life as a journey with no end. Consistently expand your imagination of what is possible. That's it. They, uh, reading this, going through this right now, what, what struck, what strikes me the most, and I think has had the most negative impact for me personally in the last probably two years has been this ruminating on the future. Just this kind of constant, what's going to happen, constantly looking forward. And I never was really paying attention to what was going on, at least most of the time, wasn't super present in the moment. And, you know, mindfulness has been a thing in the lexicon for several years now. And I just, I never like, it never resonated with me. I don't know why specifically, but something about reading that book, 4,000 Weeks, which is essentially about mindfulness, but it's just the way it's described, the way it's articulated. I just, it struck a chord so deep. I'm still kind of trying to digest it all, but I'd highly suggest you consider uh, the book because it's, it's just so good. So thank you for listening to this episode. There was a, we sent out a blog post as well, the standard versus the wildlife. It's on the wildest blog online, which is if you go to wildgym.com, go under the about tab and you'll see the wildest blog online there. And kind of summing everything up, I think when I was writing this article, when I was taking notes for this podcast, I had in my notebook, I had written ruthlessly evaluate your lifestyle. And I think that chart, it makes it really easy to kind of be like, okay, yeah, like that's, I do do that. And it's probably not serving me as, as best a different choice might be, you know, and it's, again, I don't, the goal should not be, well, maybe how, how would I say this? I was going to say the goal should not be 100% success rate. But I think it's all your it's your mindset about it. I think get your mind wrapped around shooting for like that 70 to 80% consistency. If you can do that, it's going to have so many positive benefits. You'll see amazing results, and specifically in the health and fitness space. Oftentimes, it's kind of this boomer bust, you know, the industrial fitness complex is very good at selling these fad diets, fad workout programs, whatever it is. Might see some short-term success. Most people, it kind of drops off after that, maybe 30, 60, 90-day mark, depending on what it is. I think if you're aiming for some, if you're really aiming to change your life and have long-term success and and live a better life, that 70 to 80% consistently consistency that I think is what is going to get you there. And another quote I had in this blog post was hard choices, easy life, easy choices, hard life. I think that speaks for itself. But one, and what, what I'll kind of finish on is I think the standard, the default lifestyle or standard lifestyle versus the science lifestyle slash wild lifestyle. I think what those really highlight is that normal does not necessarily mean healthy, right, correct, or true. 
and I suspect having experienced this a bit myself, I suspect if you don't have like a really strong or clear orientation in life, you can, you can kind of look to what others are doing and kind of do the same. Whereas, well, and what I wrote was if you lose orientation in life, then the tendency is to look what, to, to look at what others are doing as normal and follow the same path. And if we look at what standard or kind of default lifestyles are, man, I could see how it can get really confusing to kind of pick a path that's going to best serve and benefit your health and fitness. And I've said in summary a few times now, but if health and fitness are part of your core values, I think it's something to continue to evaluate, continually examine. You know, it's like what gets measured gets done, right? So if you, if you kind of set a direction, if you can have some sort of objective measurement of how things are going, how are you feeling, things like that, if you can be regularly evaluating your lifestyle in, in somewhat of an objective way, then you can continue to make better and better direction, excuse me, better and better decisions and continue to head in a direction that is going to be best for your health and fitness and really what you value, right? Because that's, that's, I think what, if you, if your values do involve health and fitness, maybe indirectly or directly, if you can identify that, it's going to make it, make decisions just easier, from personal experience, the less clear I am on a direction, it gets so much harder to make decisions. Whereas if you can really identify your values and where you want to head, then it makes it super easy to say hell yes or no to pretty much every decision. So the question we'll finish on is where are you headed? Much love, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying these, please subscribe to us on YouTube. Please subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google. And we would also be eternally grateful if you would leave a five-star review and help spread the good world. <laughs> Excuse me. Please help spread the good word of the wild. Much love, everyone. We'll see you out there.